Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with Shauna Hahn about understanding RTMS and brain injury. This episode is brought to you by Integrative Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. So I am excited to introduce you to today's guest. Shauna Hahn is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner who practices at Framework TMS, which is part of Northwest Functional Neurology. For most of her career, she worked in community mental health and is an alumni of the National Health Service Corps. She believes passionately in public health access for all and more client-centered services for those struggling with brain injury recovery. She's on the board of directors for the Oregon Brain Injury Alliance and is a brain injury certified. She has spoken on the subject of brain injury for the Nurse Practitioners of Oregon and the BIAOR. She runs a support group for brain injury survivors, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for being here today, Shauna. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for inviting me, Amy. I'm excited to share the gospel of TMS. <laughs> yes. And for those listening, um, TMS stands for Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation. And I'm very excited. This is a topic I have not had on the podcast. And to be really honest, I don't understand it completely. I've only learned a little bit about it. So I'm really, really happy to have you here. Um, But Shauna, I would love to start. I like to start by asking my guests how they came to work in the brain injury world. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking, Amy. So um, I sort of came to it um, organically, you know, I have a family member in the brain injury world. So I had over the years sort of kept accumulating knowledge to the, and, and finally it ended up with, you know, you, you need to kind of make a commitment to this as a path of learning. So I began taking the courses and the accreditation courses through the Brain Injury Association of America to become brain injury certified. Um, at that point, 
the Brain Injury Alliance of Oregon was very interested in recruiting people like myself who were in public health uh, because I worked in community behavioral health at that time. Um, so I joined them, got, you know, attended the conference, spoke at the conferences. You know, I don't know. Sometimes we just kind of fall into these things. Um, yeah. But also for myself, Amy, like you, um, I am a brain injury survivor. And in March of 2017, I was walking in downtown Portland, Oregon, to my community health job when I got hit by a car as a pedestrian. Oh, wow. Um, So fortunately, it was a mild traumatic brain injury. I walked away, as many people know, kind of disoriented, uh, confused, uh, but I did limp away from the scene um, and then kind of embarked on the same sort of um, somewhat discouraging journey that I think um, a lot of other people suffer with, which is I'm honestly shocked at how long it took me to feel 100% better, like a couple of years probably. Yeah. And not everyone gets to 100% too. I think that's the other, you know, kind of staggering um, realization. Yeah, there is definitely, it's, it definitely becomes a, a chronic, a chronic disorder, doesn't it? Um, and yeah. I, I do think my brain is um, definitely more vulnerable um, since the collision. Um, so that has given me a lot of the um, deep empathy for the brain injury survivor group that we host at yeah. uh, Northwest Functional Neurology. Um, it really helps that consubstantiality when patients know that you've been there, um, it, it mm-hmm. just really um, is much more healing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, was your interest in TMS before or after you had your own brain injury? So that happened afterwards. And um, I kind of got dragged into it. So as you mentioned, I worked for Northwest Functional Neurology. And um, Dr. Glenn Zielinski, who spoke on your podcast last week, um, got very interested. He had begun reading articles. So um, he had begun reading articles about utilizing TMS in conjunction with cognitive rehab, right? And... um, so the articles that he read suggested that compared to regular cognitive cognitive rehabilitation, that they added cognitive they added TMS to cognitive rehabilitation. Not only did those patients who do uh, the remediation plus TMS do better at the end of the treatment, but that they had increased durability of results. And at you know two months and six months post treatment, that those patients were still doing better than the people who were treatment as usual, right? Um, TMS, I just want to clear up, clear up some uh, possible misunderstandings for your patients. You're exactly right. It stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. It literally uses an MRI strength magnet, a 1.5 Tesla coil for the treatment of depression, Okay. Um, that is the only, currently today, the machines we have, which include a Neurostar and a MagVenture, these, depression is the only on-label treatment for those machines. 
Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history because I think a lot of people think that TMS, which falls under the category of non-invasive neuromodulation, is similar to something called ECT, which is electroconvulsant therapy, or what sometimes right. is uh, colloquially referred to as shock treatment. So TMS has actually been around since the mid-1980s, and there was this wonderful doctoral engineer, this wonderful British man named Anthony Barker, and he invented it as a way to non-harmfully affect powerful brain changes. So TMS utilizes these time-varying magnetic fields uh, to induce current flow to depolarize neurons, right? We are forcing uh, a certain part of the brain to fire. Um, prior to doing TMS, they used direct electrical stimulation. They would put electrodes on the scalp. But that method had several flaws, including often being quite painful for people. So magnetic fields, in contrast, pass through the scalp and skull unimpeded, and they give us much more precise uh, results. So some of the contraindications to treatment, um, for example, we know that worldwide having seizure or having a, a brain injury is the worldwide leading cause of having seizures, right? Seizures are unfortunately a contraindication to TMS. If you have a seizure disorder, we will not treat you with TMS. Um, the other possible contraindications for people with severe head injuries include um, having metal in your head because it is an MRI strength magnet. Right, right. So what about if you have metal patients, elsewhere? Like, oh, like, anything, a, like a screw in your leg or something. Absolutely. That is not a problem. The other thing to remember about TMS um, so that the people at home can have an accurate visual, it's kind of like sitting in a salon-style chair, like a pedicure chair, and the coil is something that we place directly on your scalp. So unlike um, an MRI machine, in which case you have to be right. placed immobile in, in a, a tube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That not is pleasant. not what this yeah. is. And honestly, as intimidating as that sound, you know, as intimidating as even this might sound, people often fall asleep during treatment. Um, so TMS, the treatment is pretty easy. Um, we actually offer two, two types of treatment. We offer repetitive TMS, RTMS, and we also offer something called ITBS, which is intermittent theta burst. So the typical treatment we do is the RTMS, which is 18 minutes in that treatment chair. And it kind of sounds like a woodpecker. In fact, it sounds so much like a woodpecker that we actually have uh, pictures of woodpeckers on the wall. <laughs> so patients will often be like, did you know? And because we've heard this like, you know, hundreds, if not thousands yeah. of times, did you know this sounds like a woodpecker? And we we're like, yeah, wow. <laughs> So um, the FDA-indicated treatment, which is, again, for only depression, so anything that is not five days a week for six weeks is off-label, right? And we certainly do do that treatment, and we've done that. Our typical audience, you know, 97% of the people who come to Framework TMS are coming for brain injury plus mood problems following brain injury. Right. Well, um, and among those patients, 
I want to say that we have a response rate. So response in medicine means that people achieve a 50% or greater reduction in symptoms of depression. So say somebody came in with severe depression, they came in with a a score, depression screening score of 21, a response would mean that we got them down to 10, which is cuspy, mild to moderate. So that's a very, very robust result. So that means nine out of 10 of our patients get substantially better. And a separate statistic is that 53% of the patients, and these are separate from my response patients, 53% of my patients, one in two, achieve remission meaning that the end of that six-week treatment, they endorse few or no symptoms of depression and generalized anxiety. So when oh, we think that's about medicine, amazing. Isn't it? When we think about medicine, the statistics are pretty dismal. Um, we know that only 18% of people who are taking medicine for their depression um, are getting substantially better are getting, you know, so actually being well-treated with psychiatric medicines is actually the exception, not the norm. So, you know, when I talk about the off-label treatment that we offer, people who visit our clinic um, come for a week-long or sometimes for several weeks, our neurorescue therapy, they get TMS twice daily. So at the end of their week, they might have had 10 treatments or at the end of two weeks, 20 treatments. And even among those patients, we see on average a reduction in their symptoms of depression and anxiety of at least 25 to 33%. And sometimes, and I want to say in about 15% of our patients, um, unfortunately we have done only recently done a better job of quantitatively tracking our clinical success. But um, about 15%, I would say, achieve remission in depression and anxiety over the course of one week. So that's pretty, now, those are very encouraging statistics. Go that ahead, is, that is. Um, so I want to just back up just a little bit. You were talking about people who are, you know, taking an antidepressant medication. Um, you know, uh, everyone who listens to my podcast has heard my story a hundred times, but um, the neuropsychologist wanted to put me on antidepressants and I looked at her and was like, how will that help my brain injury? And she's like, Oh, you're just depressed. Um, mm. You know, I feel like TMS, you're getting to the root of the problem. You're, you're for lack of a better word, I, I can't come up with a good word, but like you're, you're attacking it um, from a, a physiological perspective, right? You're not just, like putting a Band-Aid on it with an antidepressant. Yeah. So, you know, I, I won't go off too much on medicines. Obviously, I still practice <laughs> classical psychiatry, which yes. includes medicine. And we know that actually for people out there, and that's all they have access to, which is like my doctor says, take Prozac or substitute whatever. I want to say that we know that those SSRIs have anti-inflammatory value. So they do decrease um, interleukin-6, which we know is elevated in brain injury. So there can be, um, and we also know that they're, they're neuroprotective, and they've done studies um, in vitro where they have cultured nervous tissue with antidepressants and then injured that, tre- and injured that tissue and compared it to 
uh, injured neuronal tissue, which is not treated with antidepressants, and the one with antidepressants actually did better. So I'm just going to leave that. If that's all a person has access to, then I yes. think sometimes doing anything is better than doing nothing. What I would say, though, Amy, is you're exactly right. What we're doing with TMS is we are actually, so we're, we're firing into an area of the brain called the left, uh, typically, okay, typically, we're firing an in, into an area of the brain called the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. And that pool of neurons is very rich in that it fires down into centers like the amygdala, which is a sensory and emotional processing area, sometimes called mm, the fear center. Yeah. The hippocampus, which we know are really um, important with uh, memory problems. We know particularly those executive deficits that we see in people with brain injuries, that it's going to help those. And also some of the circadian rhythm problems that we see, that, that chronic insomnia that we see in brain injury as well. It fires into the hypothalamus. And we, when we look at depression, anxiety, and brain injury, we know that we have that out-of-control um, stress response, that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal stress response, right? So people feel chronically uh, kind of stressed out and overwhelmed and, and uh, often engage in ruminative kind of thinking, right? And then the striatum of the basal ganglia, which is also um, some of that repetition and also important for uh, what we do in terms of vestibular recovery. A lot of that's basal ganglionic, right? So we absolutely know we are hitting the deep, these deeper structures, and you're exactly right. We are often permanently changing them. So it does feel a little more curative versus symptomatic relief. I completely agree with you. And that's why we practice it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I think is so remarkable with what you guys are doing is you're combining the functional neurology approach, you know, of um, integrating the entire body into your brain rehab with the TMS. Um, you know, I think you're the only ones I think that I know of that are doing it. You might, you might know of some others, um, but that's what I think makes it just so remarkable. Um, and, um, you know, Glenn was kind of before we talked on our podcast last week, you know, he was just kind of telling me some of the amazing successes that you guys are having with integrating this, because I mean, I would say, 90% of people I meet with brain injury have some level of depression or anxiety and it's only natural. I mean, you have all these things wrong with you and you have doctors telling you there's nothing wrong with you or there's nothing they can do to help you. Um, Cause you know, you haven't found the right doctor yet. Um, that leads to an, an immense amount of anxiety. Um, and when you can combine you know, helping them fix their brain and getting their brain functioning again. And you combine that with helping them get rid of that anxiety while they're still at the office. Because I know for me, you know, I did the functional neurology route, right? And mm -hmm. it still took a good eight, 10 months for my anxiety to kind of level out, right? Um, mm -hmm. You guys are kind of hitting that directly in your week or two intensive. So I, I just, it's, I, I'm just like fascinated by this. 
Oh, Amy, you're, you're hitting on such an important point, which is, um, I'm not sure if your listeners, and I'll just briefly touch on this, are familiar with something called the Danish study. So the Danish study was a really impressive study done in Denmark uh, that looked a natural register study that followed people from 1977 to 2000. So 1.4 million people sample. 114,000 of them had been being admitted to hospital with a head injury. And then um, they were looking at who subsequently was diagnosed with a mental disorder. And following a brain injury, 59% more likely to develop a depression. Yeah. 439% more likely to suffer from organic mental disorder, whatever that means. But the biggest (laughs) thing that I think is so serious, and both the Danish study, and then also there's a wonderful um, physician in Toronto, Dr. Donald Redelmeyer, who talked about the long-term risk of suicide that tends to increase um, after a head injury. And what was so interesting about what Dr. Uh, Redelmeyer said is that um, nobody commits suicide in the immediate weeks or the immediate months after a concussion. Suicide after a brain injury occurs on average nearly six years following a head injury. Yeah. So for psychiatric providers like myself, we're seeing people in the office and we're like, wow, you're very depressed. And hey, (laughs) six years ago, did you happen to have a head injury? Like we are just not doing our due diligence. Right, um, right. Looking for that. causation right digging deeper Um, into that history absolutely so it's yeah it's such a serious um such a serious problem so i think tms can benefit most people with mild traumatic brain injuries and we've also treated people with um severe acquired brain injuries like stroke patients so your listeners can i think probably Google TMS near me and find great providers. But again, I think what you said was what we offer can be unique. Most of the time we'll be treating that left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex that I mentioned earlier, which is the typical depression treatment site. But we also treat for the neurometabolic lesion, uh, which a person often can't find at a typical TMS center. So based on our extensive functional neurological examination, right, each new patient appointment is like three hours long, we can determine um, where we're going to treat you. Um, And I want to remind your audience that um, you can't just go to a TMS center and achieve the results in 10 or five days of treatment (laughs) or 10 days with TMS alone. You know, our, our program does, as you mentioned, also utilize that functional neurology approach. So it's the combination of the two that's getting such great results. Yeah. I yeah. Wanna, I want oh please go, go ahead, ahead, Amy. I wanna address because I think people I I do this. I'm like, hmm, do all of these like incredible claims add up? And I might go as a um informed consumer and I might Google um what it, what does the research say? So I am going to address, Amy, the research that is not complementary, okay? Um, So just last summer, for example, in the journal Neurology, uh, July 2019, there was an article, open article, um, with a provocative title, Repetitive TMS Does Not Improve Cognition in Patients with TBI. So that's talking about the executive functioning, that cognitive stuff. 
so it sounds pretty dim, right? That sounds like why why would I do this when these these great researchers are out there saying it doesn't work? Um, but I want to say that I read the article, and the title doesn't mention that the treat, treatment population there, um, and this is a research group out of São Paulo, Brazil, uh, looked at the cohort of severely brain injured people with something called diffuse axonal injury. And I know your listeners are probably aware that uh, DAI um, causes extensive brain dysfunction. It's a major cause of permanent neurological sequelae in patients, and it affects about 40% of people who have severe brain injury. So they're looking at a really tough to treat population already. And they treated, they applied only 10 treatments to these patients and only performed TMS. Um, And even their protocol wasn't standard. Typically, we applied 3,000 pulses during a treatment session, and they applied only 2,000. So I'm not going to argue here that um, more would have been better, um, but that it's certainly, um, I don't know why we would treat more severely injured people with less treatment than we would give somebody with uh, the severe brain healing that needs to take place in brain injury, right? Um, There was similarly, so when we talk about mood symptoms, there was similarly another um, unfavorable study that came out that was published in the Journal of Neurotrauma again last year, and it came out of Monash University in Australia. And again, both of these studies looked at very few patients, like 20 to 30 patients, and that's a vexing problem in trying to get good results for determining in larger studies, does TMS help people? Because all of the studies that are out there are underpowered, secondary to poor enrollment. And some of that is, you know, your listeners know, you and I know that, gosh, just try to even find the right, right avenue of care after treatment, let alone like, oh, here, let me volunteer to participate in a research study after I've had a brain injury. I mean, come on, right? So this study was poor, sort of poorly powered, um, and they, again, they did, uh, they did 20 treatments bilaterally, meaning they treated both that left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the right dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. Um, and in that study, everyone got better, whether they received real treatment or sham treatment, everybody improved. So they couldn't demonstrate that the um, RTMS actually treated the depression, right? But what they did notice among those patients is that their participants had improved executive functioning. So it's kind of a funny result. But the one criticism, again, that I will have of that article is that if we're only giving 10 treatments, say, on that left side, then are we really getting to that point where we are changing that genetic expression and that pool of neurons that will continue firing after we stop? And I would just argue that maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of uncomplimentary articles, I mean, any treatment out there, there is going to be something that somebody has written, like trying to claim that it doesn't work and not, Every single thing works for every single person. So, you know, just when you're doing your due diligence of researching, you know, really dig in like, you know, like you said with this research study, it was only sampling, what, 30 people, I think you said. Like, that's not Mm -hmm. a substantial, um, uh, a substantial uh, amount of people, right? Like, 
you should have at least a hundred, I would think for a study like that. So, you know, do your due diligence um, when you are researching different therapies and treatments. Absolutely. But let me address why the theory behind why we know what we're doing is working besides the 150 patients plus that have been treated with TMS and functional neuro in our year plus of practice. So, um, there is an area of the brain, um, what's well, more of a, a connectome in the brain called the default mode network. And there's plenty of research out there to, to indicate that this default mode network um, is typically disrupted in mild traumatic brain injuries. So um, the default ne- mode network is so fascinating. So it's what some people would call the seat of our consciousness. It helps us think about ourselves. It helps us think about others and the past and the future. When we wake up in the morning and we're like looking at our ceiling fan or the clouds or whatever, we know who we are. We know what Netflix we want to watch next. We know coffee or tea, right? We don't have to think about those. Those are automatic to our usness, right? And the history of this default mode network is like so interesting. Um, It was literally discovered because a graduate student, uh, Biswal, in 1995, discovered that the human sensorimotor system displayed resting state connectivity. Okay, so I'll explain what that means. Up until that point, when they were looking at functional MRIs, they had been like, let's read in the MRI and see what brain, brain systems light up. Let's listen to classical music in the MRI and see what lights up. So what he proposed was radical at the time. And what they expected to see was either chaos or nothing, right? And what they ended up seeing was this perfect synchrony, this perfect connectedness between non-physically adjacent brain structures. So we knew that they were all communicating and working together, right? So this default mode network, um, again, our understanding of ourselves and our understanding of each other's, gets disrupted in both depression and brain injury. Um, We know it's um, unfortunately overly emphasized in depression, anxiety, PTSD. And it's also the more posterior elements of that connectome are also important with cognitive function and executive functioning. What happens when we end up having depression or brain injury is we have this other, other network called the salience network and this is salience, you know, means important, kind of important noticing, right? And rather than be able to allow us to focus on the getting stuff done, tasks, um, uh, memory, all of that kind of stuff, what happens in brain injury and depression is that that salience network overemphasizes, it focuses on that default mode network and overemphasizes things like you have character flaws. You're not a good person. You're in recovery from brain injury. You're lazy. Um, now that you don't have a job, what's your identity, right? Which is and what we need is that salience network to help us get that, that executive functioning back online. And that is precisely, that is precisely what we do with repetitive TMS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so fascinating. (laughs) Oh, it is so, I could talk about it all day. I don't know. um, Do you have any specific questions, anything that I have failed to mention? Because I'm happy to read 
um, if patient or if your audience is interested, I'm happy to. I've got a patient testimonial um, that people might be interested in hearing because I think that when we really talk about this stuff, I know I just had a litany or brain structures, brain structures, literature, blah blah blah. But what really gets people is those um, personal peer-to-peer stories um, that are recovery, healing recovery journeys, right? Um, I don't know if that's of interest or if you have formulated other questions, Amy. Yeah, no, I think that would be a great way to um, wrap up as we're we're just about out of time. So I think that would be a fantastic way um, to kind of pull this all together. Okay. Well, um, the uh, patient writes, so um, she had had her injury in 2015. She writes, well, it's been a long, hard haul. As I say, as I look back on these two head injuries phase of my life since 2015. But this afternoon, I note a rather large yet subtle change in myself that is miracle of miracles seeping through the darkness. Parts of me that had disappeared, that had forgotten ever existed like my memory, my personality, my vitality, joy, words, perception, energy, on and on. I knew I wasn't myself and had no capacity to access what I couldn't even remember what was. Head trauma, whew. The bridal, brilliant, vital, joyful parts just vanished, unwilling to inhabit the space that was me anymore, fleeing in shock. I spent two years in intensive brain therapy uh, with a wonderful functional neurologist who calmed my nervous system. Always high strong, those who know me would agree, and started with training my ability to think, process, and remember. When the good doctor suggested I try a relatively new treatment, started 11 years ago, it's called TMS. Um, I uh, have been undergoing this treatment five days a week for up to two months, but joy of joys, I'm starting to be me again, the part of me that makes life worth living. I want to share this because I feel so happy to cut a glimpse of myself and hope it's back for good. And also because treatment of TMS may not be well known to some of you. And if you or someone you love is dealing with depression, you might want to look into it. Um, I'm so happy to see my familiar self make an appearance, and she reminds me of all the people I love and have felt connected to in my life. So, hi. Hope you're doing well. The end. Mm, beautiful. What a beautifully written testimonial. Thank oh, you for sharing goodness. that. Yeah. Thank you for giving uh, your listeners a chance to learn about TMS, Amy. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. And Shauna, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, your website is frameworktms.com. And I do have that in the show notes. And um, if you can just quickly let the listeners know where you guys are located. Yes, we, uh, we are located in Lake Oswego, Oregon. And I am co-located within Northwest Functional Neurology. I also welcome, Amy, if people want to shoot me an email or whatever, it's info at framework-fp, frankpeter.com, and we're happy to answer any questions you have. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today, and I really hope I can get out 
uh, out to Oregon soon. Um, I was supposed to be there kind of right about, well, no, earlier this month, I was supposed to be there um, with Not Invisible, but that all got postponed um, due to the pandemic. So hopefully Mm. I will be out there in the next month or two. So I'm really looking forward to meeting you guys in person. Um, So thank you again for being here today, Shauna. I really have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Amy. Be well. Take care. Bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just another reminder, um, you can find Shauna at frameworktms.com. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, IntegratedBrainCenters.com. Please check them out and find your free consultation online. Again, you can always find previous podcasts on most streaming platforms or at FacesOfTBI.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And also don't forget to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.